1: will you ever buy meat at a movie theater, a, a.k.a. a hot dog I just had so chicken nuggets it's
2: like slabs of beef. Yeah, like, like, like bacon
3: sizzling. <laughs> no, is
1: meat an OK thing for someone to purchase
2: at a movie? I don't think so. If you so. want your meat, then you should get your meat.
3: Welcome to this week's episode of Fanatics, the show where we talk about things we love, things you love, and pretty much loves of humanity. I, of course, am Claire Kramer, one of your co-hosts, and my other co-host is David Magdoff. Hi, David. Hi,
1: Claire. Uh, I do want to speak more to the loves of all humanity.
3: I mean, isn't that really what this show's about? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's true. It is not just simply, listen, breathing air, water, dancing, music, the basics of life. Don't get me wrong. All solid. But I want to talk about things like we're going to talk about today, like going to the movies. Yep. Spoiler alert. That's what we're talking about.
3: Spoiler alert. Um, Yes, we're glad you're joining us. Uh, Today, our guest is one of, talk about loves of humanity. Like He is like a king of love, I feel like. (laughs) I think I'm going to give him a new title. His name is Raphael Sparge. And you've probably seen him in pretty much every television show or feature film for the last, you know, 25 years. You know him from Mass Effect. He's the, you know, one of the main voices in that video game. Once upon a time, he played Jiminy Cricket, which he is phenomenal as. So you should definitely, if you haven't watched that show, look up a clip of Raphael playing Jiminy. It is. Look it up.
1: We dare this is you. This a
3: gold nugget of happiness. Uh, Murder in the First, of course. Uh, Dexter, Prison Break 24, Risky Business. when he was really young. But like David said, today he is here to talk to us. And he's such a lovely human, isn't he, David? He was
1: an absolute delight. And for our Roddenberry fans, guys, Star Trek Voyager is Michael Jonas. What? What? Uh, But Raphael, uh, such kindness and such sincerity. I love meeting people like that on the show. Claire, how did you first meet
3: Raphael? We met about, I would say like 15 years ago. Ish, (laughs) which is kind of crazy since we're both only like thirty. No, we have a shared uh, shared representation, and so when we would go to either comic cons or you know travel to conventions for you know, pop culture conventions, we often would have dinner or hang out or we, maybe we were on the same flight. And I just got to know him. And it's just not only is he like a super talented actor and director, by the way, he's just a good person. Like you just like, you know, we talk a little bit about like coming in as strangers and leaving as friends in this episode. And I feel like everyone who listens is going to leave as Raphael's friend.
1: And you might be. Listen, hit him up, guys. Yeah. um, Find him on the socials. Email him. Uh, Claire, it's such a a joy, again, to have someone who loves the thing he loves so much. And it's so epic that he made a movie about the thing that he
3: loves, which is movie making.
1: It's very meta. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, but I can't. But I'm trying.
3: It's like... Inception, Christopher Nolan. Which is the which is the true Raphael? Is it is it him on the podcast or is it the cinematic piece? I don't know. I don't know, David. Just listen. Everybody, listen and find out.
1: Raphael, when you saw that Nicole Kidman AMC commercial, and you know the one I'm talking about, did you get a little teary eyed?
2: You know, I was so happy that they did that. Of course, um, and it is. Clearly, you know, movie theater owners wanting to um, bring people back, and and who better than Nicole Kidman, who is you know America's I don't know what uh, sweetheart or something. I I you know Nicole. Uh, uh, I I didn't love the ad for 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 personal reasons, which I probably shouldn't talk about, but I I do appreciate the sentiment, which is in this case. Come back, come back to the theaters uh, because uh, we've missed you.
1: Let's have you in it. Let's just have you do it. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's Nicole. replace you're, Nicole you're with you. You're much prettier and, than her anyway.
3: And there you go. Raphael, we're talking obviously about going to the movies as something that you're fanatical about, but define for us, what does it mean to you to go to the movies? Like what is, paint the big broad picture for
2: us. Right, so let me, let me start with this. So imagine if you can, the aroma of freshly, freshly, popped popcorn and sort of the ru- dull rumble of a lobby and and sort of coming in and finding your seat and sitting back and there's nothing to bother you, no one to interrupt you, no one to ping you or no, you know, uh, uh, crying whoever, neighbor or whatever it, 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 that might be in your apartment, in your vicinity, and you get to sit back and there is nothing on your mind other than enjoying the movie and your popcorn, and just sort of taking it all in. They are, uh, going to the movies is, you know, kind of uh, a mental vacation. And, and you know, for many of us <laughs> during the past few years, could we have not used a mental vacation? Um, uh, there, there's also something about, I have to say, uh, the whole idea of being in a crowd of strangers My humble opinion, we've, you know, lost uh, some of our ability to be amongst each other, thus all the all the hitting. (laughs) We Uh learned this in kindergarten, right? Play nice with others. We have sort of lost those some of those basic skills on airplanes and other places that we don't need to talk about. And and I and I am aware of the fact that we are social animals and and that we are we do well in 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 groups. I know that technology has given us the ability to be completely alone and you know and 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 just entertained and but at the end of the day we also know that there's been huge spikes of depression and and anxiety and and other stuff I attribute some of that to you know us just not socializing so there is something really interesting about Going as a crowd as strangers into a room and having an experience, laughing together, crying together, just sort of breathing together. And what does they say? You enter as strangers and you leave as friends, right? I mean, in a way, because you then have this shared experience, right? You've sort of gone through this tunnel together and you come out on the other side. And and so there's a there's a, I believe, a way in which the the film in a theater experience it 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 basically um it's an accelerant to all of the feelings and all of the experiences that are sort of encapsulated in that movie.
0: I
3: love that description,
1: Raphael, what was the first movie you remember going to?
2: <sighs> Gee whiz, I should probably have an answer for that question. I don't I mean, I remember some very scary movie experiences, <laughs> which I really shouldn't my mother. God rest her soul, she's gone, but she should really sort of been sort of, you know, (laughs) someone should have talked to her. I was taking the Jaws way too early. I spent years traumatized about taking baths. And uh, I remember going even to see The Exorcist way too early. Again, uh, I should not have been in those theaters. But I do remember seeing all the Disney movies, all those wonderful sort of Saturday morning kind of like, you know, um, what was the one? it was like herbie what was the one the little bug the um uh the v- vw bug that m- went around
3: oh uh they remade it with lindsay lohan it was it was like Yes. What is I that? I didn't see the remake, but
2: the, those <laughs> kinds of movies. And then, and then I remember going to, you know, kind of the Laurel and Hardy Saturday morning cartoons. I, I, we lived in New Haven for a little while and they used to have uh, kind of Saturday morning movies where you would go and be there for hours and watch, you know, Frankenstein and all sorts of other fun things. I, You know, there is something about just getting out of the house and going going there and sitting in the seat and kind of just in this wonderful environment and, and being transported. That just seems magic.
3: The love bug. That's what it, that's love what it bugs. was called. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. the love yes. bug. Um, but I love what you were saying about this shared experience. You know, you come in as strangers and you leave as friends because that's so that's so true. Especially when you go solo to the movies, which it sounds like that's kind of your preferred method. I don't know. Am I reading into that or is that your preferred way?
2: You're, you're reading into that a little bit, but, but, but I've done, gone to movies solo. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I do, um, I mean, I have a girlfriend and she and I enjoy going to the movies, but, but I, I have, you know, there's something, I don't mind going to the movies by myself, you know, and I, there is something again, when we first were allowed to go back to movies, uh, you know, in, in this, a uh, you know, uh, (laughs) I mean, some people have just not gone back to movies, period. And that's like, that's it. There's no movies. And they like they haven't seen, you know, the inside of a movie theater in three years. But as soon as for me, when movies were okay, I wore a mask and went in and sat in the movie and it was pretty empty. It wasn't like you had to worry about, you know, being infected. But but I just remember the uh, that experience of being, you know, in front of this 40 foot screen and and uh, and. It just like oh, oh wow, like it it just went deeper. It it just you know I don't care how big your TV is. I mean you know people like to talk about you know, oh, my TV. Well, it's great. And maybe you've got a screening room, and maybe you've got a wing, and maybe you've got essentially you know reclining chairs and a and a servant who'll bring you drinks. But but. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that how do you know my life
1: so well raphael
2: <laughs> but if you don't um, going to the all theater, right for those people who don't <laughs> the, you know the small and the no servant right? <laughs> <laughs> um there's an opportunity I think to kind of really sort of be to remember what what a lovely thing that is and I you know look I've also been going to lots of theater theaters so I live in New York and And I've been going to Broadway shows, and I've been going to operas, and I've been going to ballet, and I've been going to, you know, any chance that there's an opportunity to kind of actually sort of be in a space with other people, it just seems like good medicine for a lot of reasons.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: What's your quintessential going-to-the-movie's experience? Do you like buying the ticket ahead of time and reserving your seat... Let, we, how, we can just get into that for a second. Do we like reserving the seat or do you miss the days when you just walked right
2: in? It,
3: it takes a, the adrenaline rush of finding your seat is gone. I will say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, there's a wonderful theater in L.A. called Arclight, which is now uh, essentially um Roadkill on the on the pandemic highway, I guess is what you'd so sort of call it. But um, it it was an astonishingly beautiful theater that was the first theater where you actually got. I remember getting like like seat numbers, and mm-hmm. I remember it feeling like I don't know. it's kind of like what you feel like when you go on an airplane. It's like no, you can't just go on the airplane. You have to go to your seat, and it it it, it heightened some of the. Specialness of it. It, it also uh, at the ArcLight they had you know people who came out and you know really checked the sound. The the, the auditoriums were unbelievably sound uh, proofed and and there was a real sense of kind of it being sort of a temple to movies. I. Really mourned when the arc light went away. Uh, maybe it will sort of be reinvigorated in in another form. Someone else else hopefully will take it over. But but that that was the first time I remember sort of getting the seat number and going to it. I, I don't know. Do, do you do you like going to your seat or do you prefer just sort of like sort of piling in?
3: Um, well, I feel less adrenalized when I have a, a a destination seat. So that part I don't know. I. It, it's part of I, when we grew up, there were no assignments, you know, so that was part of the rush is like getting there early enough so that you could get in there right when the cleaning crew got out of the movie before, you know, and the, the theater I grew up with in our town just had one theater. So there was there's only one one theater, one screen. So you literally had to go wait. They would clean out all the popcorn and then you'd rush in. I kind of missed that a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, David?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think you really love it when you get good seats, but when you don't get good seats, when I had to sit, you know, front row and you're staring up, it's not as fun. So I think, you know, it's like gambling. When you win money, it's so fun. But when you lose money, oh, fuck.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Did you clap when the people at the Arclight, Raphael, would explain and introduce the movie and the runtime and yes. who the director was. When they le- when they were done, would you the pre- be the person who clapped for them? Yes,
2: I would say, Yay. <laughs> I mean these were the, these are people who uh, anyone had never been to the arc light. So there would be a, sort of a an assigned uh th- theater manager who would come out and say I'm here to make sure that your movie going experience is the most premium experience it can be. If you have any questions or concerns come find me and I'll be here for the first 5 minutes to make sure that the movie quality is the best it can be and they and we and we all go yay. <laughs> but let's talk about for one second about like how you watch TV and then what it's like to go to a movie, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're watching television whatever you're watching. How many devices do you have sitting around you? And your phone has got obviously 50 devices in it. I mean, any number of opportunities to be distracted, to be pinged, to be alerted, to be, you know, reminded. And and what is the difference, you know, in terms of when you actually go to a movie?
3: No, absolutely, it's like sensory deprivation tank. (laughs) You no know, yeah. it it takes everything away which i love you know the darkened yes. room the 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 surround sound now that the sound has gotten the dolby sound so good it's just it, that that sense is so amplified when you're in the theater you know everything i don't know it's it's including the snacks you know the only distraction i would say is the snacks at the movie so
1: let's get into that Raphael. Are we getting goobers? Do you need to have popcorn? Do you get white cheddar that you sprinkle on it yourself? Do you do you get which size tub of popcorn? Mm. Do you just limit yourself to the
2: small, or do you go to town?
1: Um,
2: Depending on do do? It depends on the day. Sometimes I'm a small, but these days popcorn is like it's like. You know, ten dollars for small and eleven dollars for medium. So I go like, well, let's just go medium. I, I rarely finish it, but I don't do butter. I just do the popcorn. I generally mm-hmm. get some water. Um uh, if I'm feeling really adventurous, I love uh licorice. Uh, I love black licorice, but you can't find it very often. So I go with red licorice, red vines are usually kind of and it's just kind of red vines that are kind of chewy that are good, you know, and you have to get and they're hopefully not stale and they're good. They make a lot of noise, but you have to open them before the movie. Mm-hmm. So you gotta prep. Things. Right. You gotta it's all about it's all about the prep. It's all about the prep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then junior mints when you're really feeling like blue or like you're having a bad day or like so and so didn't call you or I don't know what. Like, I'm going for if you see me reaching for junior mints, you know, it's like I'm having a day. Because yeah, then you got the popcorn, it's the that kind of week. And then you've got the sweet with the junior mints and then you got some water. And then, like, you know, like,
1: ah, uh, heaven. Do we trust meat? Meat. <laughs> Will you ever buy meat at a movie theater, a.k.a. A. <laughs> a hot dog, just had so chicken images nuggets? I of
2: like slabs of
0: beef. Yeah, like, like, like
2: bacon
3: sizzling. <laughs> no! Is
1: meat an okay thing for someone to purchase at a movie I don't theater? think so. If you want your meat, then you should get your meat. Uh, you're talking about a hot dog, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about, listen, because you go to an ArcLight, you can get like sliders. And then at the same time, the regular old, you know, place... Uh, that just is a regular old movie theater, you'll get a hot dog and maybe if you're lucky, you get some pepperoni pizza that's been circling around back there. So my question is, is meat an option for the average moviegoer or no? Don't buy meat in a movie theater.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good question. Um, I tend to prefer the non-meat option. Um, If you're sitting next to me eating meat, I will will do the best I can. I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm also not necessarily – I'm interested in enjoying the movie and not necessarily sitting on your – you know, lap and having a picnic. So, so I'm trying to sort of balance it out. Um, I, I think movies generally would be more of a snack option as opposed to a luncheon mm-hmm. option. Um, that's my opinion. You know, I, I know that there are wonderful theaters where you can actually have chairs and they bring, you know, like everything, um, desserts and, 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 and those are, I haven't been to those. I know they're a little bit more expensive, but they sound fun. Um, But I guess they're trying to sort of compete with people's home theaters. So come and sit in these gorgeous lush chairs and people will bring you stuff. So anyway, I, 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 are you a meat person? No, (laughs) but I think you brought it, but I think you brought it up. Claire, do you like
1: going to like the, out in LA we've called, it's called the Alamo and I pick where they do giant comfy chairs, wherever you are listening to this podcast, you have some place near you, I'm sure, or at least within a 50 mile radius that is telling you that you can buy a whole, dinner or luncheon experience and sit in giant comfy chairs. Do we like this, Claire?
3: No, I don't.
2: <laughs> really a neat option. Right?
3: It goes against everything <laughs> I stand for, which I don't sit in booths in restaurants. That's a whole nother podcast. And That's, the reason I, I don't sit in booths is there's a lot of crumbs that cannot be removed from the booths mm. with proper cleaning. And upholstered movie chairs are not my thing because of the same crumb issue. So I'm anti- any sort of bread or anything that can, like you should be eating candy at the movie and popcorn. And that's it. That is, that is the Claire stance on, on cinema and your really? cinematic experience. Yes. Go to a me, restaurant, me. go to Denny's. If you want moons over my hammy, <laughs> do not come to the arc That sounds
1: so good. Well, Raphael, <laughs> you English probably, probably
2: have- go at home, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> You've probably avoided those theaters I'm imagining. And please tell me because you know, in your heart that they are creating more of an experience that takes you away from the movie. Now I know people who adore that stuff, but I'm with you in that, in that I've done it and I have gotten sleepy in the chair because the chair is so comfortable and I'm eating food that I know it tastes good, but I
3: can't see it.
1: And I'm like, isn't that part of? Being a human adult experience. human to to see yes. and enjoy it. So I you uh, now don't I'm,
3: need to see a milk dud, but you should see yes, some sushi
1: Claire, or a burger.
3: Yes. That is a quote.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think look, obviously movie theaters are trying to do everything they can to in encourage, coax and cajole people to get to the movies. So whatever that you know that might be that would then I don't know. I, I just I for me I look, I I love movies. I love the art of movies. I love in a movie theater, um, the the sound systems, the surround, as you say, the surround sound, the Dolby 5 and Dolby 7, um, you know, these are uh, really created. I mean, Claire, you've made, you, and, I, and I don't know, David, if you've made movies, but, but the interesting thing in making a movie when you make it is that you think you shoot it and then you edit it. And then like, oh, you got your movie. I, I once had an editor turn to me after I'd done those two parts and said, OK, well, now you got to do the sound. And he said, that's like a third year movie. I was like <laughs> are you nuts? Like come on, we got the movie it's edited, we shot it. I mean, we you know, and he's like no, no, that's a third of your movie. I was like geez. So I then went into the sound process and the sound is profound so what it does so important. To the
3: so important. My brother is a sound designer Um, He did the sound for Aquaman. He did like The Conjuring, big, big movies. But I can't tell you how often he comes over to my house and he's like, could you just have your dogs walk across the floor? And he's like chasing him with a mic. You know, the sound of the dog at the beginning of Aquaman is my dogs. So I 100 percent. But here's what I'm curious about, Raphael, because from in front of the camera and behind the camera, you have that experience as an artist. So when you sit down in the theater, how easy or difficult is it to remove yourself as an artist and have that suspension of disbelief experience as just a patron of the cinema?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that that question comes up for you, too. I mean, I, 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 uh, I mean, when when you're in a, a master's hands, um, uh, it, it's sort of like just sort of Michael Bay. To, you, you, Michael Bay. Uh, I, you know, what popped into my head honestly was, was West Side Story, which I went to see um, uh, in a theater. Right. And I would think like, why go, why go to I'm West Side Story? It wasn't necessarily something on my list. And I had some very dear friends who are really wonderful movie, filmmakers who said, no, you got to see this. You got to mm. see it. And I went and I just couldn't believe how Uh, enthralling it was and and from the moment it starts you just can't stop watching it right and um and and you're sucked in so so it's thrilling when i can suspend my Uh my knowing how it works kind of behind the curtain with someone you know with a with a super uh, super master like spielberg um or others but even in films that are inferior which is you know there's spielberg and then everyone else um (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, uh, Christopher
3: Nolan is up there with Spielberg. I will argue that till the day I die. <laughs>
2: fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. There, are, there are there are people that that belong in that in that pantheon for sure. That echelon. Speaking
1: of movies with sound,
2: you, you know, being able to sit back and kind of let it happen. I mean, I, this was another thing that happened for me was that is that I. Um, so I made this movie called Only in Theaters, which is basically about going to theaters, um, and which, um, which by a- the
3: way, is like the pinnacle of your fanaticism because you actually made a movie about going to the movies, which is what we're talking about. It's all circular. I love it.
1: Yeah, you're the first <laughs> guest that has made a, an actual film based on the thing that they love. So you you're so far ahead. So good job.
2: Well, thank you. I I, I um it was uh but this movie that I made in a way is sort of championing. A passion for going to the movies and and remembering how you know this art form, which is, you know, it's pretty, it's relatively young, right? One hundred and twenty five years old, give or take, right? Movies have, uh, you know, grown very much with American culture, and 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 we have obviously sort of been the center of Hollywood and all of that around the world, um, but but um, as Because of the combination of the pandemic and then, of course, also the kind of the giant shifts with technology and then the cost of these things, there is a trend and there's a trend away from going to the movies. Um,
3: I feel like that may correct itself because the trend definitely has been up, up, up. But now that it's now that there's very few directors like I can think of two or three off the top of my head who are shooting on film. It takes the production costs way, way down. And so hopefully in the next couple of years, that'll autocorrect and pass on that lower cost to the audience and bring people back in. That's my theory, at least.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I and I also. It'd be
3: nice if I was right. I'm probably not right, Rafael, But (laughs) I love the
2: thought. I I think that there's also sort of a a bit of a habit to it, right? Like getting just back into the habit, like oh, right, like just get your back to a theater, and 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 um and and important fact, actually, um, it's important because when and if you want to see a movie theater, if you didn't populate it in between, it's like your local butcher right you can always go to walmart but there's a you got a local small shop right that you love going to and it's a family business and they've been there forever and you know go see sal because sal if you want sal to be there when you need him like at christmas or thanksgiving you got to go see him the rest of the year (laughs) well speaking of sal yeah this is for sal this is for
1: speaking of sal uh we love sal sal's the best keep sal alive Raphael. Is there a local theater that you that you can walk to in New York that you go? And how often are you going? Like, let's measure this fanaticism. Like, are you there once a week? Are you there twice a week? Are you there?
2: Yeah, you know, it depends on the month? weekend. depends on if I'm working. Um, if I'm not working, um, then um, I'll go two or three times to the theater, whether that's actually a movie theater or a, or a theater theater. Um, you know again, the wonderful thing about New York City is that you're you're a couple of stops away on the train to you know two to three times a week yeah yeah um mm-hmm. uh, at, at least a lot. at least probably two definitely and and like um right now in new york uh, uh fifteen new shows have just opened on Broadway so i'm gonna go uh I saw one the other day i'm going to a couple more uh, uh Friday and over the weekend um I actually <laughs> had tickets to, to see a movie and then the train was out so I couldn't see the movie uh <laughs> over the weekend anyway I um uh I am interested in going out I love the experience of it and I also love getting out of the house getting you know into the world putting myself into a place again where I'm I'm with in a crowd or around other people and I know that that's counter that's counterintuitive to you know Social distancing and everything, but I, I feel like at this point I've been triple triple vaccinated. I, I you know, everyone's wearing masks, and somehow I've, i I I feel safe.
3: But that energy feeds you as an artist, and it feeds it feed You know, it is that is what as an artist we thrive off of. We have to have the human connection. You know, the one thing when you're when you're creating, the one thing you can't. Predict is emotions in life. You can't predict them, and so we have to have enough in our banks that when we're in a role or in a part, we can we can you know draw on those human experiences. I don't know if that
2: makes any sense, but no, I totally that's, that's that's absolutely right. I mean, I I you know when I go out, I get particularly with good stuff. I mean, it's not always good, right? You can't always you know bank on it being good, but when something is good or great, even it just fills you up as an artist um, in a way and just inspires you and stays with you. And, And, and then, and I think translates then into whatever it is that you're what you're creating next.
3: I love that you said like you arrive as strangers and you leave as friends because there's so many times I've been to the movies where I'm leaving. I'm like, can you believe that ending? Or do you just talking to the stranger, like that two minute interaction, I'll never see that person again. Most likely I'll never, you know, I'll never know what they do, what their personal life is, but that that human interaction with that total stranger, but that shared experience is so
2: fulfilling to me. Yeah, yeah, that community. Again, we're looking for places to create mm-hmm. community. I mean, we have online communities, but actually in-person communities. I I, I think <laughs> that that's part of where some of this, you know, our anxiety and depression can be alleviated. Like, how do you feel better? Well, you can meditate, you can run, you can do go to the gym, you can – you know, eat less sugar. I mean, all those things that are on all those lists that we read, right? But I think also finding places where you can, you know, get community, whether that's your church or your temple or, you know, uh, or, or, or a theater, you know, whatever that is. Uh, uh, I, I, I think that the benefits are enormous.
1: Raphael, do you go with people or do you go by yourself or is it a bit of both
2: yeah it's a bit of both it's like food for me I guess really literally seeing people's performances seeing how it's shot
1: but if I told you if I told you you can't go with people anymore or you could only go by yourself which is the more enjoyable experience for you going to a theater.
2: I like going with someone, of course. I mean, it's nice to kind of share and then talk about it afterwards or or complain about Mm -hmm. it afterwards. Um, You know, um, (laughs) all of that is, is good. Um, You know, the thing, the thing that inspired me to make this movie though is, was interesting because there's this family called the Lemley family. Um, They have had movie theaters uh, for 80 some odd years. Uh, One of the original Lemleys uh, created was the founder of universal pictures and, um, and did, 800 movies um and and also was responsible for bringing a lot of people over saving them during you know the nazi regime but this family over the 80 years that they've had this cinema art house cinema in los angeles their intent has been to support artists that's it mm-hmm. support filmmakers artists and then nurture their nurture the audiences and and to me there's something about that uh, that there's a multi-generational family business that cared about artists and cared about filmmakers, and 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 they are, and as a result of that, a whole bunch of really remarkable filmmakers spoke to me because they had been influenced by this by this family, by by this institution. They had been inspired. Uh, they had been uh, uh, Alison Anders, for example, a wonderful director, did Gas Food Lodging and Mavita Loco. She said, if it weren't for this theater, I. I I wouldn't have become a director. I saw something here that I never would have seen. Uh, Cameron Crowe also, as a, as a young, as a young experience, remembers being there and and um, and how important they were. Th- these are these are um, these are important. Uh, I don't know uh, for artists, uh, they are really ways to um, uh, inspire us. I believe and and uh, and and reconnect us to the source. I think that's kind of what what's what it's about. It's
1: beautiful. And trailers, do we like the trailers? Do we get annoyed by trailers? It's a good question. Uh, Claire, do
2: you like trailers?
3: Oh, I love them. I love them and i'm I always say I would be the worst critic because i I literally am happy watching pretty much anything. <laughs> so I can find something enjoyable or, you know, something to admire in pretty much any piece of cinematic content. And the trailers, yes, I'm geared up for them. I love them. I want to like, I don't want to be late for the trailers. What about you, Raphael? Yeah.
2: I mean, they're just again, just that in the in the kind of the um, The tactile experience of walking in, getting your ticket, getting your popcorn, and then kind of finding your seat, and nuzzling down, and then Mm -hmm. like, uh, and it starts, and the music and the thing, and then it just kind of, like, it just kind of comes over you. It's just like it, like it, it's like a wave just like splashing over you, and you're just enveloped in this, in this world of movies. And in that moment, you feel like you're utterly, whatever it is that you might be thinking about, it's literally, there's no room for it. You have to just, you just dedicated now to just what you're watching because it's literally it, it's, and, in your face, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. And building on that, it's like, this is really going into the human psyche, but this is kind of what we do on the podcast sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's a learnt experience. You know what to expect. You are you are in a trusting situation. You know, the theater is loyal to you. If you're loyal to the theater, like you said, yeah. you know, you go in and you can count on a certain number of things happening in a certain order. So there that allows you to relax more than a random situation.
2: Right, 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 right. Right. I
3: got to go to the theater way more. I think I'm paying too much for therapy and not enough on movie uh,
2: yes, tickets. Go, it's so much cheaper. <laughs>
3: That's what I've learned. I mean, this is really what this podcast is teaching me right now. Like get rid of the therapist. You don't even need insurance. Just go to the movies. Yes. Okay,
1: Raphael, I got a rapid fire for you. you. Ready? Go. Here we go. So quick, quick answers, quick questions. Uh, one, favorite seat placement? Uh, center, center. Great. Uh, two, will you ever sit on the
2: aisle? Absolutely. Love the aisle as a backup.
1: Great. Ah, uh, three as quickly as you can share one of your greatest or most holy moly movie going experiences.
2: I remember seeing Gandhi and having a holy moly experience. I remember um I remember E. T. and also uh, um oh, what was the movie uh uh with Richard Dreyfus uh with the alien the alien close, close encounters. encounters. I remember Close Encounters as being kind of a blow my mind m- movie experience.
1: It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. A horrible experience. What's a memory that makes you go? I may I might need to rethink this whole
2: going Uh, thing.
3: Where you got stale red vines?
2: Uh, There was some really awful uh, Nick Cage movie, uh, like on a motorcycle or something like that. It was. It was like some kind of. It was like Ghost Rider. I was Ghost Rider. Probably one of the worst (laughs) movie experiences. I liked it. in the movie theater. I don't know. It just was loud and stupid. I guess it, it has its own kitsch, but it at the time, I remember going like, what the hell? Um, a
1: lot of shaking your head. All right. Uh, best kind of movie to see in the theater. So is it? do you prefer a horror movie? If you had to pick one genre, what genre do you got to go to the theater to see?
2: Can't pick. There's so many horror movies because everyone goes, ah! and, and, and you jump. I mean, that's fun, right? Um, that's because it makes the whole thing, and then they laugh. Ah! You know, so so it, there's there's that. Um, there is obviously also musicals are great in the theater um, and there have been more of them. Um, they're not always successful. Um, I, I mean, I, I love lin uh musical that he, you know, uh, that came out, right? You know, as the epidemic was kind of ending. Um, but I, as I said, I love West Side Story. But I also love foreign films. I, I love, you know, I mean, yes, there are subtitles, but, you know, as the Lemleys like to say, don't be afraid of subtitles. Once you sort of get into it, it's sort of like, Oh wow! Because they they foreign films take you someplace else, and they literally transport you to another world. And and again, it's a mental holiday, right? It's it's an opportunity. I mean, aren't you sick of thinking those same thoughts in a circle? For goodness' sakes, like just round and round and round and round and round, same three thoughts. Go give yourself a mental freaking holiday. Escape Oops, subtitles. <laughs> I love that
1: day movie or night movie.
2: I I like either. Sometimes day movies. Uh, particularly when I'm uh, feeling stressed about something or I'm waiting to hear about something or when you hear about a job, for example, I go to a day movie and I feel like, wow, I feel like I want to wait for the weekend. And it, and it always just lowers my blood pressure. It really helps.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Going to the bathroom during movies, faux pas, or it's okay.
2: It depends on where you're sitting in the aisle. I mean, if you're in the middle and you got to get all the way past everyone and their umbrellas and you got to come back, that's sort of a pain. Um, uh, You know, sit in the aisle if you have to pee a lot, you know, if if you get the extra big gulp, you know, just like, you know, think of the other people, I guess. Um, I I
3: go into camel mode when I go to the movies. Like for the hour and a half before, I'm like, can't have anything to drink. And if I get thirsty, I take little sips because I hate missing anything.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than like sitting there in pain going, <laughs>
3: mm, yeah no so i've learned with car rides and movies i i lock it down about an hour and a half before
2: there's technique that's good
1: all right as we're yes. finishing up an appropriate last rapid fire uh do we watch the credits or do we head out a little a little early
2: um uh, sometimes i do sometimes i don't i guess it, it depends and i and i don't really have an answer for you but it, it sort of depends
1: a little bit of both um wonderful fantastic this has been a delightful podcast, Raphael. Oh, your I could keep
3: going. So, joy, so, many, yeah. so many more, but.
1: <laughs> we'll have you back for a sequel. How about that?
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> part, part two. two.
2: Jaws, part two. Right?
1: <laughs> uh, Raphael, if you could regale us with a love letter to going to the movies, that would make our day.
2: All right, so dear movie theater goer, I miss you. I haven't seen you in so long. And I want you to come back because I love I love when we're together. I love giving you wonderful, warm popcorn and junior mints and sitting you in the most comfortable seat and wrapping my arms around you and taking you to another world. Come be with me and enjoy every minute away from the world in a safe place undistracted place and travel, time travel with me to a place that you will never be able to go no matter how big your television is or how good your speaker system is because you've got dogs or kids or friends who irritate and bug you and text you at the wrong times. Come to a theater and feel what it feels like to actually have one continuous thought again and you'll remember how much I love you and how much you love me
1: beautiful i love that you
0: welcome to pura the most pristine safe climate stable city on earth a haven amidst the wreckage here you're safe from heat domes superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands there's no crime in pura no murder no suicide
2: Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like
1: brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is...
2: JJ, 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 why are you whispering?
1: Well, there's there's a pst-
3: the Jimmy or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it.
1: Follow Smartless on the Wondery App or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Did it from the perspective of the movie theater?
3: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> now that we have finished the podcast episode. Are we the ones in Inception, Claire? Or was it, what did we decide?
3: Well, I'm the chemist. (laughs) I'm the only one who truly knows. Um, And if you have your- It's still spinning. If you have your your token or whatever, your talisman. I'm going to drop all the Christopher Nolan references. I've I've made so many because I love him so much. Here's something I was thinking about during- The podcast, when we were talking about the Dolby sound and like how important that is to the movie going experience, not just for like the MCU movies or the horror films, but like the perfect example of like a small movie that you must see in the theater, which won the Oscar for sound is Whiplash. Do you remember the movie Whiplash about the about the drummer? I loved Whiplash. Yeah. So I saw that at home and I also saw it in the theater. And I got to tell you, it was like. It was a great movie, both places, but it was a thousand times more effective when you had that like surround sound with the rest of the sensory deprivation that the movie theater provides so that is like a great example of what of what we were talking about and the importance to you know keep the movie going experience alive, I guess, right?
1: Oh yeah, they're just movies. Listen, I have the Sonos arc at home. It is so excellent at creating a great sound in my home. It is still not being inside of a movie theater. It's a special, special place. I remember for me, if I had to pick one movie that I can look back on and go, that experience was unlike any other movie experience. And it was, I was with my dad and he took me to Westwood where UCLA's college town is and we went into the giant Fox Theater and we saw The Matrix. And I really had no idea what The Matrix was or it was about. And the way of experiencing that new visual effects, story, sound, image in that theater, I'll never forget. It is a very when you see a special movie in a special theater. Like I'm about to see everything. What's the movie? Everything everywhere at once. Uh, I have a feeling it's gonna. It might hit me that way. That's Mm -hmm. what I've heard. Mm Because when you see a special movie in a theater, it is a memory. It is tangible and it's beautiful. Well,
3: I I like the term that Raphael used: the mental physical. So it it is like a mental. It's like a. I don't know if it's a. Physical or a cleanse, (laughs) you you can tell we live in L.A., but you know (laughs) the mental physical thing is like you know it's a workout for your mind, and I I like that analogy a lot because it it makes sense you know when you think about all the components that we've discussed.
1: Claire, can we talk for a second because we didn't with Raphael? How do you deal with when people talk in the movie theater? What does Claire Kramer?
3: I go shh, and then. Does it work? If the talking continues, if they're behind me, I turn around like this.
1: And watch. She's turning around right now. Oh, and she's making big eyes. And I
3: stare at them until they are quiet. And then if it still continues, I'll say, can you guys please shut up? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. But I have trained, you know, I, I've taken my kids to the movies, all of them, since they were little. And Raphael mentioned this, but we never circled back to it. Like, sort of like when he mentioned seeing, not Alien, but what was the other, movie, the horror movie he was talking about seeing when he was quite young? And he said, I shouldn't have been in the theater then. That's going to be like the story of my kids' lives. They're going to always be like, oh, I shouldn't have seen that, actually. I, I probably shouldn't have seen that. Because I let <laughs> them see anything. As long as it doesn't have a sex scene, that's what really makes me uncomfortable. Like, As long as it's, you know, quality cinema, I'm good. But my point is I've trained my kids since they were two or three to be quiet in the movies. They know. So if my children can behave, then certainly you as an adult can behave. Like I have no tolerance for that. Same with the candy unwrapping, the cough drops, all that shit. Do it before the movie starts or if you must do it during the trailers. But once the feature starts, quiet, lock it down be quiet, turn your phone off, put the Apple watch where it's not going to illuminate. You know what I mean? Cause that's just as distracting. Like maybe the phone's off, but you get these like bright notifications for, I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. That's my like. It's that
1: tense moment. Yeah. Claire, you nailed it. It's that tense moment when you're at, it's the trailer and they're talking. And I'm like, I ask myself, are are you going to keep talking during the movie or Mm -hmm. not? So now all of a sudden there's this, there's as soon as you know that Paramount Pictures or whatever is coming up on screen or, or 20th Century Fox, I go, I look at, the, I'm like looking at them going, are you going to keep talking or not? Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping, hoping, oh, borderline praying that they don't because otherwise I know I have to. I ha- you have to say something. Kindly and whisper to them, please don't talk anymore. I, I have to do it because otherwise. And I'm people gonna, are I just, so
3: I, crazy nowadays. Like sometimes uh, I said something. Uh, this is a way divergent story. So I'll save it for another day. But like, let me just say that, you know, I bite my tongue now more than I ever have in public situations, because I'm scared someone's gonna pull, you know, a gun out on me or, you know, shoot me or something. So I I definitely have tempered my temper (laughs) or my annoyance. I like your approach, David, where you're like, gently, please, could you please be quiet? It's like Oliver. Yeah, still, yeah please I, have a little more. Yeah, a little
1: bit of Oliver, a little Oliver yeah. twist happening in the theaters. <laughs> Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you too uh got out some of your frustrations of movie theater goers with us. Yeah, go uh, get, go you, give yourself
3: a mental physical with the with the. Give yourself
1: a mental physical. Also share the podcast with friends and family or enemies, whoever you want. Put five stars on it, a little review, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you in
3: advance. And 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 David, one more thing, because we love Raphael and I cannot wait to see it. Only in theatersmovie.com. I'm gonna say it one more time. Only in theaters movie. Dot com, dot com is the website where you can track what's going on with his doc and then of course the Facebook page is Facebook backslash only in theaters so for sure we'll put that link on our socials our Twitter I'm sure he would love some retweets let's get it out there it's a movie about a movie about a movie and it wasn't made by Christopher Nolan so there you go see you guys next Thursday <laughs>
1: All right, guys, before you get going, let me tell you about next week's episode. We got on Mr. Henry Zabrowski. He is wonderful. You know him from the LPN show, the last podcast on the left. LPN Deep Dives Dune. Gosh, he's such a good podcaster. Also, Netflix's show The Characters, Wolf of Wall Street, and Heroes Reborn. He is wonderful, amazing, hilarious, and really, really loves fixer-upper. Yeah. You thought we were stopping it with Michael C. Hall's Chip Gaines episode? No way. He loves the whole frickin' show. More to come. See you next Thursday.
3: Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry.
1: Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Wyndham, And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song.
3: Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode.
1: Going to the movies, it'll be so much fun. I want to take you and everyone. I'm going to the movies with Raphael. But don't eat the meat because he doesn't like the smell.